0: This is Main Event Radio. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready?
1: June the 21st, 2020. This is Main Event Radio on CJLO 1690 AM, L5 TV, Channel 950 around the world, maineventradio.com, the r Heart Radio Podcast Network. Ryan Ryder here. All the latest in sports entertainment, if you will. A crazy week in the world of wrestling. Uh, Last week uh, was WWE Backlash, and it's been a bit of a hectic uh, week in the world of, of pro wrestling with all the standing-up accusations and the positive tests for COVID at the WWE Performance Center. So we'll get into all of that, Uh, but to start things off, joining me right now is Josh Gontovnik, wrestling figure extraordinaire, a wrestling figure expert, may we say, Josh Gontovnik. He's going to join me to talk about wrestling figures a little later on, but first he's going to discuss the Backlash event. Uh, Josh, how are you today?
2: Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me again. It's been a long time. Not bad.
1: How are you? It's been a while. Uh, Nice to hear your voice. Uh, Crazy times in the world with coronavirus. I hope uh, you and your family have been uh, healthy and
2: safe. How's everything going? Thank you. Same to you as well. Uh, Things are crazy. It's unprecedented times for all of us. Um, Just day by day. Unprecedented times for what's going on with the pandemic and everything else going on in the world. But I think also it's affected, seeing it affect the wrestling world is uh, it's something, it's also unprecedented. We haven't seen anything like this before, where something that interferes in our lives also interferes in wrestling's world, and um, it's like this. And uh, it's weird to watch wrestling with no audience. And uh, even though they're slowly starting to bring in some people from the outside, like AEW is doing, or, um, or WWE using you know, superstars from their performance center. Uh, It's still not the same. It kind of makes you not look forward to watching it the same way. Um, but I mean, at the same time, it's better than not having any wrestling at all.
1: I don't, I don't like it at all. with it. wrestling was made to have a crowd, and if it was up to me, I would have had a, like even a little off season or a break from uh, post WrestleMania at least for at least for a few months. Then they could have came back with a big event like SummerSlam.
2: WWE definitely does uh, need an off season. The wrestlers feel like they don't have a break and that's work more like a w schedule and i think yeah they should they should have definitely taken a break but i mean i would i don't know about this whole time of during pandemic but uh i would have delayed wrestlemania it needed of all events it needed it needed an audience um it would have interfered with their storyline sure but um you know i mean it was really to have a no crowd like that was so strange and i mean there were some benefits the cinematic matches were good you know. uh,
1: so I just want to know uh, your thoughts on uh, this past Sunday's backlash, the quote-unquote uh, overhyped greatest match ever of Edge versus Randy Orton, which we'll talk about uh, momentarily. Uh, but starting off the show, there was Apollo Crews defeating Andrade in seven minutes 25 seconds on the kickoff show uh, to retain the U.S. Championship.
2: I think uh, it was a good ma- it was a good starter match for the kickoff, but. Unfortunately, it's, you know, WWE relies on the same guys to start off the shows all the time. Now, there's a good reason for that. They get the show started. They get the fans excited. However, it's always good to change it up sometimes. And, you know, you don't want to label somebody as the kickoff guy or the, you know, the, uh, the, all the time like Dolph Ziggler and Kofi Kingston for many years were, you know, were those guys as well. So I feel like I'm worried that uh, Paulo Cruz and Andrade are going to be, uh, you know, labeled as that for a while until they shake it off. But it was a good match.
1: Andrade seemed to be in line for for quite a push, and then he was uh, unfortunately suspended with a wellness test failure. And since he came back from that suspension, the time off, uh, it just seems like he hasn't been able to get back to that same level that he was uh, before. His, uh, his wellness phaser, uh, Paulo Cruz, retaining the U.S. Championship. Decent match, like you said, a, a kickoff uh, match uh, just to start it all off. And then uh, the first show, the first match on the actual Backlash event was the Women's Tag Team Championships on the line. Uh, Sasha Banks and Bayley against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against the iconic Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Uh, so this is actually my writer's picks. Uh, for the first time in a long time, I was actually 100% correct on all of my picks for the pay-per-view. I don't know if that's to say the show was predictable, but I, I'm glad with all the... the uh, overall, I thought it was a really good show. I'm actually going to give it in advance a thumbs-up. I thought it was a, a good event in, in COVID time. Uh, I still believe that WWE should have taken some time off. Now even more evidence by this positive test that they got and the fact that they're the recording in Orlando, Florida, at the Performance Center with the situation in Florida right now with, with COVID over 4,000. Uh, positive tests uh, today, uh, the day before, close to 4,000. So it's like a daily basis, 4,000 new cases. And the situation in Florida right now is not very good. Kevin Owens, a Montreal wrestler, uh, decided to uh, not take part in RAW this week uh, due to fears of COVID, uh, and also the fact that a family member of his actually uh, passed away from from COVID. And many of our listeners uh, are certainly affected by it. So I, I hope everybody is uh is safe and, and healthy. Uh, I know I've had many uh, family members and, and clients of mine that have that have passed away, unfortunately, and people have been affected by by COVID. So uh, I've been very personally affected by it, and uh, I know many others. And uh, certainly, uh, it's been a, a tough, tough year, 2020. And I'm thinking of everybody out there. And like I said, it, it, it it's like a double-edged sword because backlash did take people away, take your mind off of things. Uh, at the same time, should wrestling really be be going on right now in this pandemic, especially now? with how bad the situation is getting in Florida, in Florida where they're taping. I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I don't, I don't know the answer. Backlash was actually the first wrestling event that I watched from WrestleMania, which would probably be the longest amount of time that I went without watching a wrestling match or a wrestling event from the time I first became a fan as a, at a, as a, at a very young age, certainly the longest time I've gone without watching wrestling between WrestleMania in, uh, very early April until now in June with backlash going all that time without watching a wrestling event, I guess to me, like during this, this pandemic time, like wrestling was just an afterthought, but backlash, I did enjoy it overall. And starting off with this woman's tag team title match, uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey retaining. It looked like they maybe had a little bit of turmoil between the two of them, but uh, ultimately able to work together and keep their tag team championships. Josh thoughts on that match and on the comments that I just made.
2: Uh, I think that uh, Sasha Banks as an opener is a smart choice, as always. She's very good in the ring, and Bailey as well. However, the Iconics and uh, Alexa Bliss, I won't say Nikki Cross, but those three, so uh, half the competitors, really need a lot of work in the ring. They're very good on the mic, but uh, at a certain point, you can't rely only on your mic skills, and it's got to be your in-ring work as well. I think Alexa Bliss is afraid to take bumps, and the iconics are pretty green, and it's starting to be more noticeable now that they're back. Uh, the match was okay, nothing special. I don't know why they continue to seem to again start off like in reference to back to the Andrade and Apollo and Cruz thing. They continue to start off pay-per-views with the same people. Now, you know, I would switch it around a little bit, to, you know, make it more variety. And uh, WrestleMania began with the women's tag title match as well. So, and they could cross an Alexa were in that match. So. I would just switch it up. The match was okay in itself. Nothing special.
1: And uh, thoughts on the rest of, of what I said about the uh, WWE still going on with their tapings during coronavirus?
2: I think WWE is just, they don't know when to stop, and they don't know how to stop. They just keep going, and they'll find a way to continue no matter what. And I agree, they should put it on hold for a little bit. not They're not losing any money. This year will be their most, pro- I mean, yes, they are losing money, but they're not, you know, they're not affected to the point that they're you gonna know, shut down. They are making this is their most profitable year because of their deal with Fox and uh, everything with Saudi Arabia. So it's not if there's any company that could afford to take a step back and a break, it's them. And it's not just to take a break uh, and pull uh, your thumbs. It's it's more to like reevaluate things and like really think hard about you know when to do shows, where to do it, and everything. Right now, as you said, Florida is really. You know, they they opened their reaches early, they they ran too fast with this, thinking that it's okay, uh, nothing's going to happen, and now they look at the cases are up. So, uh, it's very interesting to see what's going to happen with WWE and with AEW, considering they're both in Florida. But I think AEW's got an advantage, because they're in an outdoor stadium, and they're at least wearing masks most of the time, so, you know, in the crowd. Well,
1: actually, as of today, masks are now mandatory in Orange County, Florida. So any future that's, tapings, will, anybody in the in the club will have to wear a mask. I
2: don't. That's that's really I agree. With that. I don't. I, it could, whether people agree, you know, think it's helpful or not. I think it's important to just be cooperative, and it's better to be safe than sorry. It's you know, it's uh, I I think that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: speaking uh, back of backlash uh the next match was Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus uh, it's really sad to see Jeff Hardy like this i know it's a it's a storyline right now but it's a storyline that's based on reality much like yeah. Road Warrior Hawk back in the day where they they turned his drinking problem into a into a storyline now Jeff yeah. Hardy who's had a lot of demons over his career a lot of substance abuse issues DUI's them turning it into a story and also the fact that his body's a little bit broken down he's still dealing with a with a leg injury he's nowhere near 100% and it's it was a little bit sad to see to see Jeff Hardy in this in the build up to this match until and, and, and in the actual match which actually was a a very solid matchup uh, 16 minutes 50 seconds uh, Sheamus getting the victory Hardy still looking Decent in the match, uh, and Sheamus really uh, needing this victory. Uh, Jeff Hardy not really suffering too much from the loss itself, more from the way that they're they're treating him. I feel I feel bad that they're sort of extorting his his real life problems and just like showing his. I don't know if he's he's, he's using it to to show like like the dangers of substance abuse or if or if they're they're doing it in a in a way to to bring him down. It's really hard to tell. I can say that that urine segment on SmackDown was very disliked by Fox officials. And even myself, I, I thought it was a little bit distasteful. Uh, it's not; It seemed like a, a very childish segment where he where he poured the urine test onto Sheamus on, on SmackDown. Uh, but ultimately, this match was pretty good. Uh, Sheamus getting the victory. But I, I don't think they had to bring in the, the substance abuse element into this, especially with Jeff Hardy. Suffering uh, very much in, in recent months, both physically and mentally.
2: I agree with you. I want to think, a lifelong WWE fan like you, but one thing I do not like about WWE is when they take advantage of somebody's real life situation and turn it into a storyline. Now, if it's depending on the circumstances, you know, with this circumstance, I don't think it's good at all to do this to Jeff Hardy. If he didn't really suffer with alcoholism, then that's a different story. Then I wouldn't mind the storyline, sure. But he did. And he's had these problems for years, and he keeps going back to it, and he's got to mess up with him. Even if he's uh, you know, uh being a good sport about it and wanting to do it, I can't see the guy not being affected by this type of storyline. Now there's a rumor going around that they're doing this, despite Jeff Hardy because he wants to leave when his contract's up to go to AEW. Could that be why they're doing it? Or... This is their way of just putting Jeff Hardy back in the limelight, and you know, getting sympathy for him. And in the end, he'll win this thing with Sheamus. The storyline and feud and everything, fine. But you know, Sheamus is doing good in it. I think he, it's it's benefiting him. But for Jeff, you know, I don't know. It, like I said, if it wasn't uh, if it wasn't based on reality, and it, then I wouldn't mind this storyline. But much much to the reality of this this thing, it's uh, I don't agree with you. Either. I don't like it for that reason. The match itself was good though. There was some good, Jeff Hardy took a big bump on his head, but the match was good. Seamus got the win in 16
1: minutes, 50 seconds with the brogue kick and the pin for the 1-2-3. You're listening to Main Event Radio, Ryan Ryder with me, Josh Gontovnik. Looking back at WWE Backlash, we had Asuka versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship. Oscar recently being uh, rewarded with the Women's Championship after winning the Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, Becky Lynch, the former Women's Champion, leaving for maternity leave. Uh, she is now pregnant with her fiancé's baby. Her fiancé, of course, being none other than Seth Rollins. Nia Jax recently injuring Kyrie Zane and uh, getting a, a reputation as being a, a rough competitor a la Vader, or some of the uh, heavy hitters from, from back in the day. Uh, so she's gotten a little bit of heat, but sometimes heat can be a good thing. Like we're talking about uh, reality becoming kayfabe like Nia Jackson. It's, it's, it's a good heat, in my opinion. And uh, ultimately, this match turned today into a double countout. It's going to continue. Both competitors still looking strong. Eight minutes, 25 seconds. Asuka's still the champion, but I'm sure this feud will continue. It's actually a little reminiscent of Gail Kim versus Awesome Kong.
2: Yeah, I think I like Nia Jax. I think she's got good mic work and overall she's good in the ring. I don't see her as, uh, you know, an endanger to competitors in the ring as much as people say. I think the spot with Kyrie Sane that got her injured was, uh, you know, there was a mix of opinions of was it Kyrie's fault? Was it Nia's fault? You know, when you're taking a bump like that, you gotta take, uh, you gotta be ready for it. And I think it was a mix of both and Naya maybe, maybe didn't know her own strength or living their lives, not the competitors, so I don't, I can't really speak for them, but I think I could see it from both ends. I mean, there's a lot of shade on Naya Jax constantly, but I think it just, the first spot I would say was, was her fault with Kali Sane weeks prior to that. They had a match and she did a buckle bomb and she really let her go, like, let her go early. One thing when I used to do a lot of wrestling and some training in the ring is one thing that I liked I believed in, and and naturally, with when you're wrestling, is you have to, and, and and even I would hear too from other pro wrestlers, you have to care about your opponents just as much as you're caring for yourself in the ring and selling and everything. You have to when you're giving somebody a a body slam, you got to protect their head. You know, you don't just throw. Somebody once gave me a body slam, and they weren't protecting my head, and I almost broke my neck because of it. And uh, you know, it's really important to protect your opponents in the ring. And, you know, so I could see what some people are coming from with Nia Jax, but I could also see it as just being hate, just the hate to hate, because I think she's overall is a good worker. And with Oscar, who is the best.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm about, a fan of
1: Nia Jax. I think she, she yeah. looks good. She, she's uh, got got something special about her. She's, she's still got a little bit of – she's still relatively uh, a rookie, uh, only a few years in the business.
3: Yeah, maybe five years. she's still learning. So she, she's yeah. Still,
1: yeah. But I, I think yeah. she's good and she, she's got something. Um, when it comes to the buckle bomb, I personally believe it is a dangerous move. I'm glad that Dardabee has now made the decision to, to ban that, that maneuver uh, so it will no longer be allowed. And I, I don't really blame Naya. I, just, I think it's more that it's a dangerous maneuver that should no longer be allowed.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and the match itself obviously was set up to continue the feud. So it, wasn't, uh, it, it was a good match for what it was, but nothing rememberable or anything about it, you know.
1: We've got to be a little faster for the for the rest here. Uh, moving along, Braun Strowman versus The Miz and John Morrison in a handicap match for the Universal Championship. Uh, your thoughts on this one?
2: I think one thing that bothers me a lot, and it's bothered me a lot for years, is I'm a traditional fan. The champions come out last. The title matches end the show. They, okay, I'll give an exception to WWE for this because of the hype for the greatest wrestling match ever. Fine. Or a retirement or something like that. That's a good exception. But in most cases, the Universal title match should be last or the WWE title match should no, be No,
1: the WWE Championship is the true championship.
2: So yeah, I agree with you. The Championship
1: is yeah. more like what the Intercontinental Championship used to be.
2: The WWE Championship
1: I, I, is the true it championship. It still technically our-
2: is a world title. Yeah. So, and if it's on SmackDown, which has now become its A show, it's, I find it's constantly getting the back seat and it's still not ever main eventing. And if you want people to take Strowman seriously as champion, he's got a main event sometimes. Like I said, for Backlash, I understand. The greatest wrestling match ever. Okay, I understand that. The I wish I wish was Goldberg fun.
1: was still the champion. I would, I would, I I, Goldberg I love
2: Goldberg, but I lost respect for him when he refused to lose to the Fiend. If that the remote those rumors were true, and he refused to lose to the Fiend because uh, he didn't want to tarnish his character, wrestling once a year uh, is ridiculous. The Fiend shouldn't have lost, and uh, and that, that I lost a little bit of respect for no, him. No, nah, no, that, no,
1: that's not that's not true. That's not true.
2: Goldberg. I don't know, was, he was supposed to be a
1: transitional it. champion.
2: They didn't, want, yeah, Roman Reigns to to, they didn't want Roman
1: Reigns to beat uh, The Fiend. They wanted to keep them both hot, and they figured uh, Goldberg would win it and then have a Spear versus Spear at WrestleMania. And then Reigns would have beaten Goldberg, and uh, that's what happened. But instead, Reigns, uh, unfortunately, uh, did not uh, participate due to COVID and due to the fact that he had uh, some you know, uh, compromise, uh reasons not to be part of WrestleMania. And uh, yeah, but Trump face Goldberg it... instead and uh, ended up winning. Uh, I was against that happening. I would have rather Goldberg get signed for one more match against Reigns if that happens at SummerSlam or whatnot. But to me, Strowman is not yet ready to be champion, and, and that case as well should not have beaten Goldberg.
2: The rumor was for the original plans, was it was going to be The Fiend against Roman and maybe Goldberg against Cena or Cena against Elias and stuff. And then they switched it all up and decided, Fiend against Cena... And uh, Goldberg and Reigns do spear versus spear, like you said. But I also heard a part of it was because Goldberg did not want to lose to the Fiend. And that's when they decided I doubt that, to go to the Fiend.
1: I think uh, Goldberg's return on Fox did really well ratings-wise.
0: Yeah, you no know, doubt. I, I believe that strong. Vince made he the decision far. to
1: make Goldberg the champion trans- uh, as a transitional champ just to face
2: Reigns at, at WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, I believe that
2: too. But I also believe that Ruby didn't want to lose to the Fiend. I just I don't I don't, I don't know, see I just, that I don't see
1: that if he's willing to lose to Strowman I don't see why he would not be willing to lose to Bray Wyatt
2: because he doesn't want to lose to a character like a bad guy he wants to be a hero to the kids and you know if you're losing to another hero I guess he doesn't mind it anyways we don't know if it's true or not but I just believe it is um, I I, I doubt the,
1: that it is I really do
2: yeah. yeah I think the match was fun though Morrison had some good spots uh, I liked it for what it was I mean we I I don't think anybody really thought. Morrison and Miz were going to win, and it was just a filler pay-per-view match for to set up Strowman to fight The Fiend again in the upcoming uh, per This is Main Event
1: Radio on 1690 AM, CJLO, Ryan Ryder with me, Josh Gontovnik, talking Dartaby backlash, uh, Drew McIntyre against Bobby Lashley for the B Championship, uh, Bobby Lashley now having MVP as his manager, this is really reminiscent of their feud that they had over the Impact Championship a few years ago, where Bobby Lashley was a two-time champ there with MVP as his manager as well. So MVP sort of adds a, an extra element to Bobby Lashley because Lashley's just a, got a great body, a great skill set, and now adding that full Nelson as his finisher just taking it up to a, to a whole other notch. And with MVP as his mouthpiece, the there's just so much potential for him. And I see him right now with this, Black Lives Matter movement that's going on, and the historic accusations of WWE of, of whether whether true or not of, of holding down wrestlers of color. Now is the time to have a a black WWE champion, and, and Bobby Lashley is the guy to be that champion. Uh, it may not have happened just yet. A backlash with the, with Drew McIntyre uh, retaining in 13 minutes 15 seconds with the claymore kick, but I would like to see Bobby Lashley as the champion sooner rather than later. Your thoughts, Josh?
2: Uh, Well, last year, Kofi Kingston kind of broke that barrier, becoming the first official all-black African-American WWE champion. As People don't want to count The Rock and don't want to count Mark Henry and don't want to count Booker T, since The Rock a lot of them. Mark Henry and Booker T
1: have been the world world title. But but overall, if you look at the the amount of of champions that have been white versus the amount of champions that have been of of other ethnicities, there's a lot more uh, white champions as compared to those of of color. So it's good to see now... Uh, Bobby Lashley at least getting a a b championship opportunity, actually his first WWE championship match in, in many many years. Of course, he, he did not a long time said, away yeah. being an impact and in Bellator MMA, but to, to have this b championship match was, was certainly well deserved, and I'd like to see him as the actual b champion.
2: I agree. I think Lashley has got all the tools, even the mic skills, even if he does have a soft voice. Uh, Lashley, although MVP is a natural on the mic and can help him where he's. You know, not as good on the mic, but he's not terrible. Um, he's got the look. He's got the wrestling ability. Lashley's got all the potential in the world. The only problem is is WWE and their booking of him. They book him weak. They make him lose. To, and I love Ricochet, but they make him lose to Ricochet. They make him lose to other guys. And now we're supposed to believe all of a sudden he's back to being a dominant guy who could beat everybody just because he's beaten our truth in a match. And like, he, he, what made him legitimate again? What made him back to being in the title picture? You're, you're, MVP as you're, his
1: mouthpiece, man. He hyped him up. And if yeah, you know, I know, they but can this do is a like big club, show. Right? They, can, they can do the match that fans have been waiting for for so long. Bobby Lashley versus Brock yeah. Lesnar. MVP yeah, as Lashley's mouthpiece against Brock Lesnar's mouthpiece. Paul Heyman, his advocate, Paul Heyman. What a But the boy. problem
2: is, I agree. that I'd love to see that match. I think everybody wants to see that match. But the problem is WWE has booked Lashley since he's come back terribly. You can't just book somebody terribly and then all of a sudden they're dominant. All of a sudden they're peeking everybody. A few months ago, he was well, still even going on. The whole thing with Lana. And he's mooting us. He's bending down, showing his butt and everything. Like, how are we? You're, they did this with the big show. They did this with Kane. They did this with Roderick clay. You can't. Make, uh, you go make somebody a monster and then a comedy act and then back to a monster. Vince McMahon has a tendency, and Matt Morgan, former TNA wrestler and WWE wrestler said it himself. Vince McMahon said to him once, I tell the fans what to think. They don't remember everything. He assumes that us fans don't remember things from the past when they gave Matt Morgan his stutter gimmick. Oh, they're not going to remember. They used to not stutter. Matt Morgan himself said that. And it's not true. A lot of fans like you and I will remember. Okay, once, you know, we remember that you're booking somebody like a joke and then all of a sudden we're supposed to believe he's this dominant guy who's to beat everybody. Lashley has been underutilized, and I agree with you. He should be pushed to the moon. But they've got to fix it first. They've got to they do it in uh, paces, in levels, before they just throw him in and be the champion. The match with Drew was very good, though. It was one of the better matches of the night. And then there was the main event,
1: Edge versus Randy Orton. I thought it was a tremendous match. Obviously, they hyped it as the greatest match ever, quote-unquote. That was really just the, the promotional aspect of it. But the, the actual match itself, Randy Orton getting the victory over Edge in 44 minutes, 45 seconds. Many, pe- many people thought Edge was going to get the win here. Personally, my writer's pick was Randy Orton. And this was a two true professionals calling the match in the ring. Just one beautiful spot after another. Nice taking their time. Like a true ballet taking it. It's like building it up to the climax. And I really, really enjoyed this match. To me, this, this is probably my match of 2020. I, I don't know if anything will really top it for, for this year. May not have been the greatest match ever, but certainly the greatest match I've seen in a long time and carrying something else. I am going to call it right now as probably being the match of 2020. Did you enjoy edge versus Randy Orton as much as I did?
2: Yes, I did. I thought it was a very good match. And the fact that they had all the pressure on them of being the wrestling greatest, greatest wrestling match ever. And they still managed to have a really good match. No one thought it was really going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. It was hype. It was promotion. It was also a way to pun intended backlash at the fans for All that backlash the fans gave for their poor match at WrestleMania, not that the match at WrestleMania was bad, it was just very slow-paced for a last-round signing match. So it was kind of a way for WWE to dish it at the fans. That was, I think, where this whole thing came from, billing it at the greatest wrestling match ever. But all that aside, it was a very good match. And I think it was smart ability to film the match ahead of time, not live with the rest of the pay-per-view so they could fill in spots where they needed to, as that's what they they did with Edge and Orton. They added extra spots in and, and uh, to make it look even better on TV when aired for the fans. And unfortunately, though, in one of those retakes, that's when Edge got injured. But the match itself was very good, and I would say, agree with you that for 2020 so far, it's, if, if it wasn't the best match so far, it's definitely up there was one of the best matches of the year so far, and I'm yeah. glad that they were able to put on a great performance with all that hype.
1: You, you mentioned Edge getting injured, unfortunately, in this match. He will be out for a few months. Hopefully, it is not his last match. It was his first official match in nine years, uh, now, unfortunately, getting injured, but I do hope that Edge will be able to wrestle again. He does have a, a multi-year contract, so I do hope we'll be able to see him at least by, by next year's WrestleMania, if not the end of... of this calendar year 2020 uh, i give the show a thumbs up obviously best match edge versus randy orton uh the show overall was was really good like i said um worst match what would what would i say i'd say worst match i don't i don't really want to say a worst match because I, I i like them all i'll say apollo on andrade but it, every match was
2: was decent to good what do you think I think, uh, it's obvious what we thought the best match was, uh, although close second Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Um, for the worst match, the one I least enjoyed, uh, probably the women's tag match. I don't think it was that special at all. And it's not any fault of the, the champs. I think it's the other girls are very green. So, uh, that match probably.
1: Coming up, I'm going to discuss with Josh about his expertise being a wrestling action figure specialist. Should be an interesting conversation. Josh, stay on the line. We'll continue this conversation coming up. So you're a, a wrestling action figure expert. Uh, you now have a Facebook page uh, about uh, wrestling action figures, and you're one of the uh, eminent sources on uh, wrestling action figures. You even had an article in the local newspaper, The Suburban, about you recently in, in that regard. So tell us a little bit about your your fandom and uh, experience. Uh, with action figures, with wrestling action figures.
2: Sure, uh, I've been collecting for I don't know what am I 32 now, so almost 30 years. I started around three or four years old, and uh, I just started with the LJN's and Hasbro's, and um, those for those unfamiliar with those brands, are the companies that used to make the first lines of wrestling figures. Although AWA Remco came first, but uh, I didn't start with those. And so I've been collecting for a long time. I'm um, a loose collector, which means, for those again unfamiliar with the term, it means um, that I open the figures. And I don't keep them in the box. Um, I do have some that are in the boxes, but I mean I've been collecting ever since. Um, I think in many ways it's really uh, helped uh, keep my life exciting <laughs> through all the uh, ups and downs. And um, it's fun just to go shopping, hunting as we call it, looking for what you're looking for and uh, ordering online, anticipating your package coming in the mail. And then about two and a half years ago, I decided to create a uh, local Facebook group. The idea came about because I was you know, shopping locally on Kijiji or Varash Sale and uh, I ended up meeting a few collectors. And, um, and, we, and then when I saw that there were more collectors in Montreal than I had anticipated, I was like you know maybe it would be a good idea to create a Facebook group and just have uh just for locals and this way we could communicate much easier and discuss if we want to buy sell or trade within within a forum and uh and then go from there and what ended up happening I expected maybe fifty to seventy members at the most now we're on, on about to close to two fifty and uh so I anticipated in a few months we'll be there and then 300 and it's not about the uh, number of people that counts it's, it's a local group it's a community I mean, so it's we're building a community of local people to buy sell and trade with to discuss local fines so although the number doesn't count how many people we are in the group I am pretty proud that we're reached that level for a local group we're, we're like so that's pretty awesome I'm not proud of how it is so far so where
1: can people find the the Facebook group? What would they what would they search on on Facebook?
2: They would just have to search WFM Wrestling Figures Montreal and it should pop up. Okay. So there's
1: 250 me- members on this on this page and they're all discussing wrestling action figures, trading wrestling action figures. Uh, what's been like the, the greatest find that you that you were was there like a figure you were looking for and then and then you got it and
2: do you have a story like that? Oh, I have plenty of stories like that. I want to keep you on here all day, but uh, but I can tell you that 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 passion of it has not died in me. It's um, it's you know when you're going to the store and you you're excited, you know what you're going to find, and then you happen to find what you're looking for, or even more than that, you find what you didn't expect to find so soon, and. It's like you shake out of excitement and, you know, people look at you like, oh my God, this grown man freaking out over toys. But to me, it's, uh, you know, I've never been ashamed of it. It's another good thing about the community that we have for WrestleFigures Montreal is the fact that a lot of us are adult men and a lot of the, us like have kids or are married, not me, but, I, you know, a lot of them do. And And to see that there are people... In our age range, that do collect as well, maybe not to play with anymore, but just to collect and put on our shelves and stuff like that it's 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 nothing to be ashamed of It, it helps you stay that keep that kid inside of you a little bit and um, but to, to share with you one story in particular I guess, at the top of my head, um, yeah so I was in Plattsburgh, New York. I was with two of my friends, and we were looking for this specific. Ironically, Zack Ryder action figure. Zack Ryder was also a fellow collector, former WWE superstar. And I was looking for it. I don't know if the others were, but I was. This was around 2011, and uh, we went to Kmart in Plattsburgh. And at the time, they still was there, and uh, they had
0: uh,
2: they, they had the series with the Zack Ryder. I'm looking through, out of excitement, trying to find it, but they didn't have the Zack Ryder. So I was, I was leaving disappointed, but then me and the guys were like, you know, let's go to electronics, let's see what wrestling DVDs they have. So we go to electronics, and then we're looking at the DVDs, and then all of a sudden I see standing, sitting, standing there on the shelf with the wrestling DVDs was the Zack Ryder I was looking for. <laughs> so, so I freaked out. I, 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 I think I let out a scream, and I snatched it, grabbed it. And um, I was so happy to find that figure, because had I not gone to electronics... I would have never found that figure in the stores because I never saw it again, and I would have at the time I wasn't ordering online. So I mean, I guess I would have had it by now, but uh, in that time I wouldn't have had it had I not found it that day. And uh, that's just one of the many stories I could think of that really makes the excitement of collecting. You're
1: listening to Main Event Radio on CJLO 1690 AM, Bell 5 TV Channel 950, the iHeart Radio Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ryan Ryder. With me right now is wrestling action figure expert, Josh Gontupnik. He runs the Wrestling Figure Montreal Facebook group, uh, telling us about his passion for wrestling action figures. So you did, uh, just a little while ago, refer to them as toys. I know uh, when I've called them toys you in the past, you've actually gotten offended. Are they toys? Are they action figures? What's what's the best term to refer to them as?
2: I say collectibles, but I mean I refer to them toys as technically they are, but, uh, most of the time, most days I refer to them as collectibles, actors, toys. You know, everybody calls them different things, but it's usually one of those three. And, um but to me they're collectibles because I'm collecting them. And I think a lot of us adult collectors that we're going to refer to it as,
1: you know. Out of your collection, which would you say is the most valuable item?
2: <sighs> Tough question. Um... I have a lot of San Diego Comic Con exclusives. I have, um, I have some. Um, there is a market for um, uh, what's the word? Um, another word. For, I keep forgetting the word. But there, there is That's a market. No, not custom. Although I do a lot of that these days. But uh, there is a market for um, bootleg figures. Now, some are not worth anything, and then there's some that are. And I just recently started getting into bootlegs. And so I got uh, a lot are of... Are these the like boot- dollar
1: store figures or what?
2: They, like Neutral Man? Uh,
1: Batman, there are dollar Batman. store figures. <laughs> they're, or Cobogan uh, yeah. or, or something?
2: Yeah, they do sell some of them in the dollar store, but these... I never had heard of these up until maybe a decade ago. And they're they're made to look like the old W F Hasbro figures. They're even using the same heads, but they're using a cheaper plastic and they're very rare to come by. But I managed to find a guy in the US who was selling them for relatively cheap and free shipping Canada, which is rare to find for anything. Uh, if it's outside of Canada of course. And uh so I got like five or six from him and uh and so those are pretty valuable to me. And other than that, I have a lot of the rare ones that... Uh, I have a very rare Hulk Hogan that, uh, it's like, out of one of out of 100. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, one out of 100. Uh, there's a Ric Flair, one out of 25, that I'm working on getting. Um, so there's limited numbers. And then I have a lot of exclusives, too, that are exclusive to the ringside that are now sold out on ringside you can't get. Um... So it's I have a lot of
1: the, an online, uh, figure site. Yeah. yeah,
2: exactly. They're the they're the go-to guys for if you want anything uh, that just comes out and you want to get it fast. But I mean, sometimes it pays to wait too. So.
1: So you actually go to a lot of comic cons and conventions all across the United States. Uh, you must be really uh, upset out with the border ban and, and not being able to to travel like you like you normally would.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of depressing to be honest uh, to hear. I I usually make a calendar, like an old school calendar, and I write down all my cons coming up in the next few months, along with like other events, and um, and every single one of them was canceled, canceled. And there was then one or two left that were not being canceled yet, and then they were canceled. So uh, I think I have one in total that hasn't been canceled yet for August. So we'll see about that, but I'm, I anticipate it'll be canceled. Um, it's it's pretty depressing, but you know what? Uh, unfortunately, I've learned to accept that the uh, this is how it is right now, and uh, just got to be patient. And there's worse that can happen, I guess. Is there a is there a figure that you're looking for right now that you're trying to get? Good question. I'm I'm lo- I'm uh, I'm trying to find some older classic superstars loose, not in package, uh, uh, like uh, Crush and Evil Doink and. Um, uh, an old Mabel, even though I have the Mattel version of Mabel, which is far better. But there are a few that I go hunting for at Comic Cons that I hope to find there, so I don't have to pay crazy prices on eBay. So uh, and sometimes it works out. And uh, and but I'm, I'm looking to try to start to go to more wrestling conventions than even though I've been to a few, than just Comic Cons because though this way I'll, I'll, it'll it'll be more emphasis on just wrestling stuff rather than. A mixture of a bunch of things with a bit of wrestling stuff. So I'm looking at doing more wrestling, just wrestling conventions in the future.
1: Personally, I was really looking forward to WrestleCon uh, WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I was uh, always a, a great convention. Uh, it was going to be in, uh, in Florida, and unfortunately, as the whole WrestleMania weekend got got canceled, all the festivities. So I had to I had to miss that one. I don't particularly uh, focus on wrestling. I figure as a whole I prefer just the the whole comic con scene or or convention as well. uh, i do have some action figures myself my my collection does is tales in comparison to yours of course uh, how many do you have in total
2: i'd have to really get back to you on that uh um, <laughs> would i would it be over a thousand yeah definitely over a yeah. thousand uh, definitely over a thousand and another thing that's come out of the group creating it is built a lot of friendships you know some of the guys I didn't know before now we're friends now and they message me asking my advice for if something's a good deal or not and uh, and, and it's good to know that I can help some of the other locals and uh, and um, help find their collections even they ask me do I have extra for this and I and I look through my stuff and I sell or trade them and Knowing I can help other collectors has also become a, a new uh, passion of mine that uh, it's, good to, it's a good feeling. So you
1: mentioned a lot of your uh, fellow collectors on your Montreal uh, Wrestling Trigger page uh, are married. Uh, what do they do if their spouse is not uh, keen on their wrestling action figure collection?
2: Well, uh, one in particular, I won't say his name. I Don't want to call him out, but one guy in particular, sometimes he randomly will post some of the stuff. Says the wife has got to, has told him he's got to get rid of them, and he can't uh, overload collection. So he puts up twenty at a time for sale. And so you know the wife's the boss, but uh, and uh, you know. Yeah, if you if you
1: have, if you have uh, over a thousand uh, wrestling figures right now, what are you going to do when you have uh, a significant other?
2: Yeah, I guess that's a good thing about not having one. It's uh, I don't got to worry about that. And I don't think, I think I'm the type that I probably would put up a fight to that anyway. <laughs> I wouldn't. My stuff is mostly loose, which they're open. So to me, in my opinion, it doesn't take that much space. They're put in bins or they're on shelves. You know, with other guys who collect them in package, another term for that is mock, mint on card. And so it would be harder if I, was, if, if I collected mock and package. And then it would, it would take up a lot more space.
1: Ryan Ryder here on Main Event Radio with wrestling action figure expert Josh Gontovnik uh, giving us the rundown on WWE and wrestling action figures. Uh, did you have a chance to see the Netflix show, The Plays That Made Us, the yes, wrestling action figure episode?
2: Yes, it was a fun watch. Definitely. i got to watch it again. Yeah. Any reaction to it? Uh, at the top of my head, it was... I think they did miss a bit, but um, yeah, it was only
1: it was only one hour. I feel like they yeah, they couldn't the fit
2: fit everything. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I mean, they missed some important stuff. But I think overall, they did nail like they told an order of what went down and stuff. And um how but the, the overall I think it was good. I mean I'd like to see a part two if possible. Uh it's it's odd to me to this day that they left out uh Brian Myers and Matt Cardona for the major wrestling figure podcast who what, they were interviewed to be on it and they cut their scene out. I don't know why, considering that those guys are pretty good and fashion for the show. And they also cut out Grimm from Grimm's Toy Show, who's also a big collector in the US and uh, he has got a very popular YouTube channel. And uh, what over a million view, a million um, subscribers, so they cut out some collectors' I guess opinions. You, you
1: can't put everything. Maybe they could. They could do a part two in the future.
2: Yeah, I, I did. Um, I'm, they definitely did cut out some people time wise, but there are then some other people that are, were in it that, in my opinion, they should have been. Replaced with these guys, but anyways, I thought the up ECW
1: to toys were were interesting. I didn't know too much about the,
2: the San Francisco toy maker ECW line. Very underrated. I really like those, and, yeah. and um, it definitely. When a did fun you first
1: watch. like become such an expert on on action figures? Because like you were, you were. Uh, a member of the main event radio staff at one point. I don't remember you being that much into action figures back then. How did you become oh, I definitely like, was. so passionate about it? Yeah.
2: I definitely was. I guess it just wasn't as out there to the public as it is now. I guess I kept it more to myself back then. But, um, you know, back, back then I would go out with my partner in crime and we'd go shopping for figures. We'd go out cruising for girls and we'd shop for wrestling figures at the same time. So, uh, so I just share with you another short story. We were going to a party with a bunch of girls, and um, and I remember we were looking for the very first figure of Kid Cash, uh, made by uh, Jax at the time. The very first WWE figure of Kid Cash, and we knew it was out somehow. However, it was back then. This was like 2005, 2006. But uh, and we just we we heard Zellers was getting them. I think we read it on forums online. It wasn't as easy as now, and. Um, and we just, uh, we were with the girls. They were looking at places to get alcohol. And for some reason, the SAQ was closed. So, they're so me and my my partner at the time, my friend, uh, we, well, actually it was my cousin, uh, we said, we said, oh, let's go to Zeller's. I think we, Zeller's has great alcohol. And the girls believed us. So, we took them to Zeller's to get alcohol. But really, in the back of our minds, we had another motive. We we didn't really care about where they got alcohol. We were just going to look at that kid cash. So <laughs> so as we're all in the alcohol section, me and my cousins were looking at each other we're like, let's go to the wrestlers, let's go, let's go. Uh, they knew we were collectors, but anyways, we went to the wrestlers, and funny enough, we found the kid cash. So um, And then the girls found out we were collectors because we walked to the cash. And as they paid for alcohol, we're paying for wrestling figures. <laughs> uh, we chipped into the alcohol too. <laughs>
1: yeah, good times. Josh Gontovnik, uh, the creator of the Montreal Wrestling Figure Facebook group. Uh, anything else to say today uh, in regards to
2: Dota B action figures? Um, I would say just don't be ashamed of it. No matter how old you are, there's always a part of us that should, should uh, stay a kid. And uh, you know, and um, join our group if you're not with us already. And uh, scratch that figure itch, collecting and enjoying life as much as we possibly can. <laughs> You need something, right?
1: WFM, Wrestling Figures, Montreal on Facebook.
2: Thank you for having me. This is Main Event Radio.
1: You are listening to Main Event Radio on CJLO 1690 AM, Bell 5 TV channel 950 around the world, our official homepage, maineventradio.com. Ryan Ryder here, and joining me right now is Iron Mike Lyons. How are you today?
3: Hey, how y'all doing out there, wrestling fans? And uh, Hey, Ryan, I'm doing great, and how about you?
1: Good. I'm just calling to wish you a very happy birthday.
3: Well, that's all, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you very much.
1: How's your special day going?
3: How's my wife?
1: How's your special day going, sir?
3: How's my special day going? It's uh, doing very well. Uh, I've been so um very humble for the uh, to receive uh, the appreciation of the people taking the time, the taking two minutes of the time, rather than wishing me happy birthday rather on Facebook by messenger by calling me. Or they're going to text me. I can tell you, honestly, there are more than 1,000 people responded to wish me a happy birthday. And it's very appreciative. There are maybe, and, probably more than 1,000 people.
1: And one special individual actually spent, sent you a special birthday message. Let's play that right now. None other oh than God. Broken Matt
0: Hardy. Yes, you did.
3: Yes.
0: I am Broken Matt Hardy. And this glorious A video broadcast is dedicated to one of my favorite individuals in the realm. Yes. One of my favorite men in the moat diver. Yes. And that is you, Mike Lion. Yes. First and foremost, Mike, I must tell you, I have had so many absolutely wonderful things about you from your manager, Doug Kosh, and from the Aces and Aids chapter of Quebec, yes, I know you are an incredible individual, yes, and I know that your day of birth is rapidly approaching on June the 11th, so I have decided to serve as the host for your birthday celebration, my friend. But before we get into the the ma- main of it, part of this video, yes, I would like to say to you. I know we are all living in a very turbulent and dark. An uncertain and trying time, yes, with this pandemic going on. But I hope you are well. I hope you, Michael, keeping your chin up and still marching forward like a broken warrior. And I hope you are staying positive. Because positivity translates to optimism. And optimism eventually becomes magic, yes. And our magic together, all of us, mankind, will get us past this dreadful scenario. But now, let's talk about what is truly important, my clients. Mike, your day of birth is coming up, June the 11th. And you, my friend, are turning 47 years young. That is absolutely delightful, yes. What a young vessel you have, yes. 47 years old, oh my, my ass is 3,000 years old. You are a young man, yes. More or less an infant, indeed, Now, what I would like to do to commemorate your birthday in the greatest way possible would be to sing you a very special and personalized rendition of the broken birthday song. Yes, please give me one moment to warm up my chords that (laughs) are (laughs) vocal. perfect! Now, I am ready to sing with absolutely immaculate harmony. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Mike. I won't delete you, it's true, yes! My friend, Mike, I hope that your 47th birthday is your greatest birthday ever.
1: Wow, what a special birthday message to you, Mike Lyons, uh, from Matt Hardy. Uh,
3: that, that was a surprise. We were, we were getting a, a video call from uh, Broken Matt Hardy, and especially when he was singing my birthday, Happy birthday to Mike, happy birthday to Mike. I'm going to delete you. That was so, uh, he's going to delete me. So that was my birthday song from Matt Hardy saying,
1: uh, he's going to delete me. <laughs> so, how, how many years in the business now? You used to always say over 15 years. It's over 30 uh, well, we years. we, 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 we have,
3: we've made, we, you know, records are made to be broken and, and we passed the 15 years. I believe we're up to uh, 30 years now. Wow. 30 wow. years? 30 years no, 29 business. years. July 7th will be 29 years.
1: 29, okay, okay. 29
3: years I had my first ever wrestling match against former WWE talent, Joel Milano. I don't, I don't think anybody remembers him during the... He was a wrestler from the 80s and early 90s, and he's the father of Frank Milano, by the way. Okay.
1: Uh, Mikey, you, you did something with uh Ring of Honor, a former Ring of Honor champion, uh PCO. Pierre- he's
3: going back on the road uh, July 15th. And, okay, uh, that, yes, that, yes that all day, so all day today, had the opportunity all day today in this hot, sweaty, stinking sun that we had, we're filming, uh, for, uh, PCO is not human, me and my gang, my, my gang of the Aces and 8 chapter, Quebec, we're, with, uh, with his manager, and my monster is not human, like, It was just a great day. It was just that, you know, we did a segment. It 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 must have been like seven, eight eight segments. And it finished off that. We all had to jump on PCO. And he just, like, kicked the shit out of us. And I I just remember being grabbed by the throat and he chokeslammed me. I was I was hot up in the air and, boom, right on the hood of the hearse. Because PCO is not human and PCO drives a hearse. And this well, is
1: going to air
3: on uh, YouTube? This is going to be air on the uh, PCO's uh, YouTube channel this Monday. It's called PCO Monday Nights. And uh, you're going to be seeing all that uh, view uh, that happened today on Monday nights on uh, PCO's Not Human channel, YouTube channel.
1: Iron Mike Lyons, 29 years in the business, part of the Main Event Radio family. A very happy birthday to you.
3: Thank you, I appreciate it. Uh like, thank you very much. All you wrestling fans. Thank you to the main event staff. CJLO, my my family. I can't wait to come back home working with you guys. I miss working with you guys. And where's our little little uh the Viz there? I miss him too. Just 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 mention that.
1: <laughs> All right. All right. Enjoy your day, Mike. Happy birthday. Thank we'll you, see sir. you tomorrow on uh, YouTube on PCO Not Human. Yes.
3: This Monday. You know, I'll be able to see that. See that. Uh, my Clients uh, is trying to, uh, take down that, that monster. PCO is not human.
1: Alright Mike, so uh, enjoy your shower. Yeah. Nice to hear your voice. Everything's okay. Your family's healthy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Just me I got this lump on the side of my hip there after getting that choke slam. Oh my. Yeah, I fell I right on the, the, the middle bar of the the rim of the the hood of the car
1: you gotta be careful like matt hardy said the the vessel is not as young as it once was i
3: know that's why i have a nice pack on my hip right now and just for you calling me, i was about to jump in the shower
1: okay go go enjoy your shower go go relax a little bit so are, are you trying to get rid of me no you told me you're in a rush <laughs> to get in the shower well
3: i am just started yeah. sticking sweating and I'm, I'm like i'm naked walking around my house now so so i got a nice okay. pack on my hip, so that's helping. So thank you very much, Ryan, for uh, taking the time for this interview and uh, I'll be listening to
1: it. All right, great.
3: Merci beaucoup.
1: Bienvenue. C'est bon. C'est bon. Oui, c'est bon. This has been Main Event Radio on CJLO 1690 AM, Bell 5 TV, Channel 950, the iHeart Radio Podcast Network, maineventradio.com. I'm your host, Ryan Ryder. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Main Event Radio. You can email us maineventradio at gmail.com, and we'll be back next week with yet another episode of all the latest in professional wrestling. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep enjoying the world of pro wrestling.